This morning's Dharma talk is titled, Downsizing the Outflows. So the conventional way that we're living is in a very linear, I'm going here, I'm going there, that's coming this way, this is going that way, and we you know, we, we buy into that. I'm not saying we buy into it in some kind of a um, uh, necessarily intense grasping, rejecting, or shutting down, which is the three poisons. I'm not saying you're particularly doing that, but it doesn't take much just a little tiny bit of it. This is why the sitting practice of meditation in Shikantaza, a very simple radical form of meditation practice will help you over time. This, this can't be done in a, in a few days, few months, few years. I'm not saying it can't, but when I say it can't, probably can't. So I should start it with the probably word first. And so downsizing is to just observe the upsizing. Just observe you the way you keep adding. And I, I know I'm saying this in kind of a whiny voice uh, because it, that's how I feel about it. It's just consistent, constant, over and over, adding, adding. Anything that shows up, some kind of something comes up as an opinion about that. I do it all the time. So I'm not, it isn't like I'm cured and too bad about you guys. I'm saying it's, it's, it's a very subtle area that is difficult to understand with the intellect, although you can't get rid of the intellect. You need everything. You need the whole shebang, as they say in some other place. You need the whole, the whole uh, accoutrement. You need, uh, you, need the in, you need your consciousness in its entirety. You don't have to get rid of anything. You do not have to get rid of uh, an ego, a self-centeredness, a narcissism, a me, me, me feeling. Just see that it's unreal. And if you try to get rid of its objects or its uh, its possessions and pushing and pulling and all of those uh, situations, the, that stuff will fight back too. It is also unreal. Knees, knee, knee, knees, ababa. Non-existent, without a self. So the idea there of the of the linear path is. Uh, it, it, things start up and then they, they go in a linear way and they eventually run out of steam. Just like if you you put uh, put a piece of ice in a glass in a, a room that's 70 degrees, it's going to go away. Everything is created, goes away. It's linear, uh, in a linear fashion. And the consciousness tends to work in that way. The thinking process tends to go from this to that to this to that. So downsizing is initially, is about observing the way we keep adding on, throwing on more and more and more. And this is the, the idea there. Quite often it is based on uh, a kind of what Trump Repertory used to call a poverty mentality, feeling we're not good enough like we are, so we need something else. We need something else. Uh, Self-centeredness, ego mind needs to keep adding things up or subtracting things because that also gives the image, the impression, the delusion that there's a subtractor. We don't, as long we'll settle for it. If it's an identity, we'll take it. And those of us uh, who have tried really hard to be, live up to some kind of ideal of kindness, goodness, and so on, but yet our environment has not helped us with that. And it's actually, you could say, if you're, if you're attached to a self-centeredness, you've been betrayed uh, by your parents, by your society. There are uh, cultures, as we know, in, in our society who have been betrayed by the very thing that our society is supposed to be doing. All beings are created equal. Just 
not treated very equal. We do start to treat it equal, then they then they have those, what is that one swear word, socialism? Yeah. Anybody that uses that in a negative way, uh, ask them to define it. <laughs> I don't mean to get into the politics there, but the politics of experience are everywhere not just the politics that we've been living through in this uh, uh, chunk of land between oceans, but also the interior politics. And I, don't misunderstand me. I'm not denying you're sitting there uh, in the afternoon or the evening or late at night or maybe in the middle of the night, you wake up with intense anxiety or negativity or difficulty with your mind. This is what this, is, this path is addressing. It is called the first noble truth, suffering. And people quite often will jump to, well, Buddhism is very nihilistic. It just talks about suffering. Well, it's not that way at all. For someone to talk like that about it, they have no idea what they're talking about. They just talk about what they have ideas about. So the, the quality of things that arise and fade away or arise and go back into their apparent source, perhaps. There is a sense of entropy or uh, dissolution or something that is showing up and is eventually returning to its original, what, flatness. So something starts the whole thing up. Maybe the Big Bang. You're like a Big Bang. You're like a bang. You came in here and you... you don't think you were here because you think your memory is something you have some say so about. And you, and I'm not accusing you of anything, but you also think that you're there's someone who's remembering things. Memory, memory is just functioning, but there's no rememberer person. If you think there is, I'm not going to disagree. If you were to come and say, no, no, that's Soka's not really, he's Soka's not a pretty nice guy, but he's really awful. What would I say? Probably so. Not interested in any fighting or warfare. What am I interested in? I'm interested in you seeing what this is. It may be similar to what I see, may not. But if you look and find out who you are and what this is in a fundamental way, in a radical way, uh, that Suffering may not go away, but you will understand what that actually is. Suffering doesn't really need to go away. So the downsizing part again, and I'm just, as you, those of you who listen to me now and then know that I'm talking about the same thing all the time. Um, I can talk about the Prajna Paramita. I can respond to questions about emptiness. I can talk about, take up any text just because I've been doing it for a while you remember it and comment on various teachings that are meant to help us <coughs> with, work with the, the way the consciousness is understood by different people come through the centuries, the lineage holders, Dogen Zenji, the third Karmapa, the 16th Karmapa, Trungpa Rinpoche, Kobachina Roshi, and then all of the classical uh, texts that we have going back to the Buddha himself. When you sit down at the cushion, when you sit down on the cushion and you look at what is arising, don't add. Anything that is arising has a linear quality to it. It looks like it's going from here to there. 
the here, the going from here to there is there and it's intense and it's here and it's intense and it is going from here to there. But it's, an, it's unreal. It's unreal. <coughs> As His Holiness said, which we watched a video last night of the, 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 the Prairie Nirvana ceremony in 1981, I think it was, of His Holiness, the 16th Rang Jung, Greek Pidorje. And where he, uh, where the Vajra region is telling, uh, saying what it was like uh, sitting by His Holiness and crying because His Holiness was dying. And he said, nothing happens. So His Holiness wasn't flying in the face of what we see coming and going, coming and going. But what he was pointing out directly to Thomas F. Rich, otherwise known as the Vajra region, Ursul Tenzin, was that what you're looking at is illusory. <laughs> the coming and going is, is an illusion. And what is fundamentally real is not doing anything. So as long as we're attached to getting rid of something, attached to getting it back, because we made a mistake there, really needed to get rid of, didn't need to get rid of that. As long as we're attached to some kind of linear coming and going up and down, growing and shrinking and growing. The it's the attachment that is the issue, not, not the, the thing in itself. It's the attachment. So the thing in, its, in itself, whether it is the self that is illusory or whether it is the object which is illusory. I'm not saying it's not manifest, but it's an illusion. It's like a magic show, a flash of lightning, a bubble, as it says at the end of the towards the end of the uh, Prajna Paramita literature um, called the Vajra Chetika. Vajra Chetika, I think it is. Diamond Sutra. I like to say really fancy words sometimes so that you can tell I've read stuff. So all you have to do is walk. You don't have to get rid of, you don't have to stop yourself. That's a misunderstanding because when you try to stop, you buy into the linear quality and you buy into the manifesting and going away quality and you start to participate in the very uh, creation, completion, creation, completion. This is why those, this is why that particular teaching is used in the Tibetan form. So you can actually create things and, and, just, and destroy them or create things and do, dissolve them over and over. And so you get the idea that anything that shows up is going down. And then there's a shower upper and the goer downer, which are non-existent. There is no one doing that. That might take a while. I feel, I think you could do that just by sitting still, looking at the wall. Tibetan Buddhism wasn't around during the time of the Buddha, nor was it around in ancient China or Japan, particularly. But if you hold still and just watch the mind stream, watch the elements that come towards you, and everyone's a little different here, it is propelled by a different quality or form of passion, aggression, and ignorance. Maybe some areas are really strong with one person, another person is not particular, particularly dealing with that kind of uh, energy. So 
the downsizing may actually be experienced as something being less and less and less, or because you maybe haven't been attentive to attentive to that area of your mind stream through an actual discipline, an actual discipline of observing the form. First, you observe the form by sitting down and holding very, very still without being rigid. And then you observe the form of the confused mind arising and falling, arising and creating and elaborating and elaborating. Anything that arises, the mind immediately fastens onto that and elaborates. It must be because of this, must be because of that. I shouldn't feel this way. I should feel this way. Maybe the reason I feel this way is because I used to think this way. Now I think this way. Maybe I need to change this, change that. The only strategy I'm teaching you, and you've been listening to me for a while, is observe. And when you observe, if you want something else on top of that, whatever you observe, if it's moving, receive. And you might be, you might be receiving something actually coming your way, like a human being, receive. And don't add on who they are, what they are, what it was like the last time I talked to them, insofar as you can. But if you see yourself doing that spontaneously, then just receive that. Uh, ego gets backed into a corner. Wisdom doesn't get backed into anything. The wisdom is fearless because it's not a being. It's not a person. It's not an emotion of being non-Freddy cat. It's not like feeling really brave. It might be bravery, but chances are, Someone else may refer to you that way, and you're unlikely to do that yourself. Because you might be afraid. So again, going back one more time uh, to the title, is a downsize. So let's first look at the upsizing quality. Look at that something going from whatever is happening in your afternoon to going from a small thing into some, uh, someone might have just said, said, uh, you know, I'm, I, I noticed the way you do that, and I don't really agree with that. I think you should maybe do something else. And instead of just receiving what that is, you start to get, I'm going to say it, pissed off because somebody is commenting on something you do without really knowing what you're going through. They don't know about your life. They don't know how you were treated. They don't know that you're already working with that. You're already doing it. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying, um, how do I know about this? I do this. So I, know. I teach out of what I see. And I see, uh, well, in one way I say I see a lot. And another way I say I don't see anything. Or what I see is not separate. Which is like saying, I don't see anything. I'm happy to take questions if you have them or continue to talk. So it seems to be about, about strengthening your awareness to why. This is why, uh, to be very simple about it, if you sit down and hold very still, you put yourself in a very radical uh, area, especially as far as consciousness. I don't recommend walking in the woods or enjoying the scenery as a way of meditation. Other, uh, though I do say, yeah, enjoy yourself, go have a good time, but that's more like entertainment, appreciating nature. It's not meditation. As, as I'm talking about it here, about clarifying the nature of your mind, about working with your fundamental 
difficulty, your fundamental conflicts, your jealousy, your rage, your depression. We can go down any kind of list you want it. Psychological, uh, current uh, conventional psychological descriptions, all of them. All of them. There's all kinds of things, ways that this is being approached in a linear way, in a in a way that is more about upsizing. Oh, that's happening. We'll, we'll give you this. Oh, that's happening. We'll give you this. Well, take this. Do this. Do on and on and on. It's go go on. Uh, read the word therapy on uh, Wikipedia. It's, the list grows year by year as people come up with new ways of what making money, maybe controlling people. Misunderstand me. I'm not saying that therapy or psychiatrist or any of the doctors, anything aren't extremely valuable. Absolutely, they are. Sometimes they're constricted by the laws that try to govern them, to, to, which is more about controlling them rather than actually trusting them to do what they need to do. And as some of you know, I have students who are professional therapists and they're very valuable. They know how to help people and meet by doing what? Meet them where they're at nothing to fix but there is uh, communication cooperation collaboration that can actually can actually help somebody if you communicate with them and communication is 90 percent listening go ahead uh, to what degree are we responsible for how people receive our outflows well you're, you're going to do some of that you're going to feel Relatively speaking, you say, no, no, I didn't mean that. I don't mean it that way. So it's going to be some of that going on. More specific? If I have a tendency to do something that's abrasive or irritating, and I don't necessarily have to get rid of that, so even seeing it clearly, it may continue to happen, and it may continue to cause difficulty for people. So I'm wondering how that can also be part of helping people or fulfilling the Bodhisattva vow. I think it's a good question. I think it's very specific. It's very individual. And um, uh, as you've heard me say, I have some little slogans like don't do anything unless you have to. And I can give 10 talks in a row on that. And the, the other one is uh, less is better. Not because you might not need a whole lot of something, but if you don't, if you don't do too much with it and you watch it, you observe it and watch the, the way that is working relatively with a particular person's life or path or practice or attitude or relationship to you or relationship to others, then if you do step into it, you're, there's a better chance you're going to be stepping into that out of your deeper, less uh, conceptual, less linear understanding of it and more, uh, to use today's modern lingo, more holistic, which is also a bunch of concepts linked together too. But it's more of a, you know, what is it you're, receive, you're receiving, then you'll see what this is. But it won't necessarily show up as a conclusion to, well, I see that, now I need to do this. You might more find yourself just functioning in a different way that you hadn't really thought up. It's much more difficult. I, I feel it's not impossible, but next to impossible without a lot of mind training to function by meeting people where they're at because it, you don't, you have no credential to do that. And the feeling of no credential is what is spooky to ego. It's like, I don't know, I don't know should I should be saying, saying this or not. The ego goes back and starts to get worried about things it doesn't have control over uh, by not really realizing it never had any control over anything anyway because it's unreal. It just operated uh, operates out of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth more.
what happens to the reference points that seem to solidify these outflows? Like opinions? Those are just coverings so that people are protecting themselves. It takes you further and further away, more and more into the linear or uh, mundane path of accomplishing and trying to keep away things that we, that the mundane path does not like, like impermanence, trying to protect us, trying to, trying to, trying to, whereas the spiritual path is about acknowledging uh, impermanence, uh, not believing in it, but acknowledging that anything that comes up is going down. And so um, you know, opinions don't tend to do that. They send to, they, they start to show up like walls or buildings or constructs or uh, cement bricks and mortar kind of structures that have longevity. But even that's going down also. More about that is good, Gavin. Is the content of the spiritual and the mundane different? Well, there, there's going to be... Uh, Images that are going to work both directions, but they're the fundamental direction of the of the spiritual path is to is to see and know the truth. But what is what is fundamental? What is the fundamental thing that is important here? And we have relative ways of working with that. Meet people where they're at, rather than manipulate them or control them or boss them around or judge them or evaluate them, even though they're obviously going in circles and blaming you for it. Uh, you might want to, if you haven't met yourself, your own situation where you're at and dealt with your own negativity in a, an extremely radical way, and you're still blaming others, it's not wrong. You might have to go through some time where you see that you're blaming others. You see that you have negative feelings. You keep blaming others and you get very frustrated with doing that because you can't stop it. And the reason you can't stop it is there's still that, that little, hidden assumption right around the corner and down the hall, second door to the left, where there's somebody there that's having this experience and they don't like it. And I'm telling you, I'm suggesting to you, I'm inferring. There's nobody. There's no hallway. There's no door. It's not second to the left. There isn't anything there, but you, but I can say that day in and day out. And you say, oh, that's a, yeah, I listened to this monk talk about teachings on emptiness again. There's no self in the skandhas. You have to see it. You, you have to actually uh, see that. And hopefully, like the practitioners in the past, you won't have a heart attack when you see emptiness. Shunyata. And that's not the end of it. Shunyata is it's not a destination. Shoto. I think you said something like, um, the reason we can't get rid of that negativity is because there's still that hidden assumption that someone's having it. Yeah. Would seeing that make the negativity go away? No, this, the negativity would still come and go. And uh, the the illusion of a self would still come and go. You'd just no longer be hoodwinked by it or fooled. A lot of room there. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'll take it further then. So it's uh, sometimes called self-existing. What, what is happening is not separate from anything else. It just looks like it's separate. It looks like it. And, and it's possible for your consciousness, your mind to understand entropy as it is. As it is. But, but time and space uh, are illusory from that point of view. 
I thought that would get you. <laughs> it's a four-letter word. No, it's an eight-letter word. Excuse me. Go ahead. What does entropy mean? Entropy. Entropy. entropy uh, well, I don't know the the, the phys physicist that showed up uh, quite a while ago as far as uh, uh, in physics. I'm not. I can't use that one. Particle physics or something like that, but it's it's basically used conventionally. It's just that anything that starts up is dying out. Things are dying out. Anything that shows up is collapsing. The example I used a little while ago was a ice cube in a glass in a, in a room that's seventy degrees. Eventually, that's going to return to the to its flat state of water, and then so everything eventually flattens out, and that's. Uh, I'm getting the image of like a time-lapse video where when something's like showing the night sky for a while, it it loses that distinction between events. Like you can watch a plant grow and die and there's not really like discrete points. So in our experience, what allows us to have distinction between things? Uh, just the, the illusion of a self and the illusion of other and the illusion of discrete points. Just there's, there's, and the Buddhist teaching is called the 10,000 things. All this stuff, the 10,000 is a, quite an understatement. But it's not about getting rid of anything. And this is uh, in ancient times, it was uh, even the Buddha went out and tortured himself and did everything he could do to get, kind of get himself to see the truth by <clears throat> trying to get rid of stuff and trying not to eat. And he continued to teach that way to some extent with forms. It was, he had 250 forms that he had his monks uh, follow because it was a it was a work in progress. And, uh, and then when he passed, according to, I don't remember which uh, sutra it showed up in, but uh, which writing it shows up, uh, which teaching, he said, uh, oh, by the way, I was getting ready to pass away. And by the way, um, yeah, get rid of all those forms. Well, you could keep a few of them, but he didn't say which ones. So so we keep don't kill, don't steal, the kind of obvious ones. But then um, don't wash your bowl in the stream. That probably is not in their rule book anymore. Yep. Teresa, oh, go ahead, please, Kevin. So, Kuzan, yes, when we downsize the outflow, are we flattening our karma bowing? You know, you could you could say that a little bit, maybe. I think if you do less, then the karma that is arising as uh, Sokazan or as Kevin, that or as anybody, that that karma that is showing up with when nothing has been done with it, you're just eating and sleeping and reading a book or doing something very simply. Then that then the karma that that showed up as that was showing up as an expression of dependent origination when you were born gets to express itself without adding to the struggle, oh, I don't want this. Well, I, this shouldn't be happening to me. I need to fix this or change this. People, people sometimes if they don't like something about their uh, face, they'll have plastic surgery. It's not wrong. It's just that they're trying to have a, more of a say-so about something that is uh, illusory in the first place. So when you say, when you ask, are you flattening it? I would say you're taking some of the energy out of it. And the, the, the best way, and when I say best, I haven't looked at all the different ways this is possible, but a way that seems to be very helpful all the way around over 
one's lifetime is to train the mind. Sit down, hold still, and watch the movement of the mind instead of continually uh, uh, going against the entropy. Meditation is just uh, 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 mutual entropy. You're just watching everything slow down. Eventually, uh, if you sit long enough, uh, there's no guarantee of this, but if you practice long enough, eventually not much will happen. When you're, You won't be bored. You won't be entertained. Uh, you won't mind what's in front of you. You won't know what's in front of you. Uh, but you will not be uh, uh, biologically asleep. Did you? A question from Terry in Novi. How do you work with the grief and attachment, darling? How do you work with grief and attachment? Don't do anything with it. Don't get rid of it. Don't add any commentary to it, Terry. Don't don't do anything with it. And that's that's hard to do. But you can you can get. Um, um, if you have, if you do some mind training, which I know you do, uh, then when that arises, uh, then you're able to meet it as it is instead of make it worse or cover it up. So it starts to show up and fester three years from now, or it's, it's covered up in such a way that you've gotten rid of it. This is why, uh, taking, I'm not against taking medication, but I would be very careful about taking any kind of mood stabilizer or anything. I'm not here to, I don't have any credentials in that area. My credentials are showing up right now. Ask me, ask me, ask me as you're doing. Ask me, and what do I say? It doesn't make any sense, and don't listen to me. I don't have anything particularly to prove. On the other hand, when something shows up as any kind of problem or issue, the idea, rather than see what it is radically, R-A-D-I-C-A-R-R-O-T, radicarot. It's not a vegetable. See, I got your attention, didn't I? So when you see what something is radically, it's a very, very basis. It's a word that points at something that it can't describe it. So when we see what that is in its very basic situation, we realize that it's already healed. The awareness, the awareness, the awareness. Lead with the awareness. The thought patterns are very valuable. It's very good to have those. Uh, off to one side, if you need that kind, if you run into that kind of an issue, but uh, as it was the common thing, uh, if all you got is a hammer, everything you see is a nail, just like that. If all you have is your intellect, then everything you see, you try to figure out until you run into someone who says, you know, you could, you could do this in a more radical way. You could put away your hammer and you could uh, get out your uh, balloons. Nice job, Yes, nice show. Um, so the way I understand entropy is a descent from order into disorganization. That's the classic. That, that's a classical. I think it's a, probably Webster's definition of it. Yes. Go ahead. Does your metaphor still work with that definition? Of course. Yeah. From the point from the point of relative truth, from the point of view of ego, from the point of view of manipulation. From the point of view of fear, from the point of view of not wanting to anything bad to happen, yes, it works. It sounds very sad, but from the point of view, from the point of view of ego, it's it's terrible. It's terrible news. From the point of view of wisdom, 
It's it's wisdom. It's not separate. <laughs> nice, Siobhan. Yes. So seeing that confusion, there's nothing left to be done with it, Alan? Well, there might still be things that you do, but you're, you're feeling, if you see that, it, then you just do whatever is uh, appropriate. You function out of your reality that you're no longer separate from. And it's not some big joyous feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so one with everything. Yum, yum. This is just tremendous. I feel so one. Did somebody slip me a Mickey? No, they're not Mickeys. Did somebody slip me uh, some psilocybin or some methamphetamine? Or <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on, but you guys know the list more than likely. So it is about doing this with awareness. We, you have everything you need. I'm not saying you don't need a, a cup of tea or some water or some food, of course. Some way to keep warm. I'm being I'm being radical in the, in the sense of using those kind of images because it's like that. Train your mind. You don't know where you came from. You don't know where you're going. You don't know who you are. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm describing something. You might want to check it out. This Buddhism is a spiritual path that will liberate you from Buddhism. Buddhism is not a belief system. There's no Buddhists don't believe in anything. If they believe something, they're not Buddhists. You can quote me to anybody especially people who call themselves Buddhists. Anybody want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> Further question, nice show. Nice show, but I'm not at this time. Thank you. Good question. Thank you. I can tell you read your Merriam-Webster's. <laughs> Teresa Valley. Go ahead, Teresa. What is it that makes the illusion appears so real mm -hmm. I, I, it's just the, the force and the energy uh, of this uh, incredibly uh, this, this entire the entire matrix of everything causes and conditions coming and going all the energy volcanoes sunbursts it's just energy everywhere and it's uh, according to physicists it's all winding down more than likely probably going out and then it's coming back but it's the it's the personhood that is assumed you're showing up as a person an apparent uh, organism with a consciousness the six sense fields and their objects including the mind and the thought patterns and what's being said is here is uh let me back up a little bit the way in which you're showing up here is not just your birth date this has been going on for a long, long time. The time part of it is kind of beside the point. Let's just say that um, everything you think you are started up and is going away. And everything you actually are has never started up and can't go away. It's not a, it's not a claim. There's nothing to prove there. Nothing to disprove. Unless you're talking about relative truth. And then you, you've got every kind of uh, opinion, idea, and, and, uh, and tweet about it. About everything, constant chatter, uh, information. So, what do I say in your situation, my situation, uh, Chazan or Uno or anyone's situation? When anything that arises in the mind stream, even if it's even if it's ex 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 even if it is excruciating, do nothing with it. I mean, if you're spontaneously go 
ow, or this is terrible. Well, that's a spontaneous expression. You don't have to do anything with that. You don't have to speed it up, slow it down. Just observe. Just observe what that is. And some people are going to have suffering that manifests as just sadness. Just they're, they're down. Their posture is down. If you see them, you can just look at their face. You can see that it's on people's faces. If, if you're not busy uh, yeah, um, I don't know how else to say it, but if you're not busy upsizing everything to this and to this and coming to conclusions right and left, come to, don't come to any conclusions about your mind stream, what's showing up there. Now, if you're spontaneously coming up and blaming someone or blaming some, some situation or some person or yourself, it's just more confusion. I would say just continue to meditate. The, the way consciousness is structured is extremely, how can I say that? Isn't there a more extreme word than extreme? Am I getting any help from you guys? What's the most extreme word that is more extreme than the word extreme? Well, let's invent one. Cataclysmic. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, everybody would start thinking that it had something to do with cats. Cataclysmic. No, I'm just saying that it's, it is so elaborate. Uh, it, even the even my expression of how elaborate it is is coming from what I see, not what I know. I don't know stuff. I can't prove a thing. So, but you could also say, what is it that brings you to even listen to someone like me talk? It can't be just this. A lot of people have these. They're all over the place. What is it, Michael Bowen? Probably the most extreme word is heaven. How about hell? And hell. Darn. Here we are again. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Chokabowing. Yes. Chokabowing. When you talk about consciousness finds its own form, what is consciousness before it finds existence or non-existence? Uh, it's a... Uh... It's like a, a stain on a tabletop. There's nothing in particular, but it's everything. So I'm just using that particularity because that, that is it. It's that rich. And it's finding its own form. It, it finds any form that it needs. And depending on the motivation behind that, it can be the motivation to have control and power and function in a demonic way. And it can also have the power to form uh, in a way that is fundamentally supportive and helpful to everyone in the relative situation. Because consciousness is relative. It's not ultimate. Wisdom is not consciousness. Wisdom is, I have to use some kind of word to talk at the Garba, Dharmakaya, Sambhogakaya, Svabhavikakaya. What's that other kaya? Anybody remember the fourth one? Ramana. Huh? Ramana. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nirmanakai. What he said. Shokabai, so when you say consciousness is not uh, wisdom, uh, does wisdom find consciousness? Wisdom finds wisdom. To be, to be, it just, it, it, wisdom is not something. And, and what it finds is not something. 
whereas consciousness is 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 an aspect of uh, phenomenal situation uh, phenomenological situation we find ourselves in that functions with but it's but it has no status as a thing it's like uh, uh, the nearest uh, physical thing that is like that is like a photon a photon um, is something and yet it's not exactly something in the same way that a game of marbles is something so it's not it doesn't have that kind of uh, status and I, I don't want to get off too much into that area because you guys are all will all show me how little I know about photons. It's an interesting area that something that has some kind of quality to it that we can recognize, but it doesn't seem to be tied into time and space uh, in the same way that uh, other things that are apparent objects or have an apparent singularity as a what photon. But you don't really have to do it with physicists. Physics, you don't have to become a physicist. You can actually do it with your own mind. You can see this. You can see this yourself. And if you see it yourself, you uh, you you will be certain. And you will not be certain of something. You'll be certain of certainty, which is a more profound form of certainty. Shoto. Is there consciousness without a found form? Pardon me? Is there consciousness without found form? There can be. So does the consciousness find no form? It can. It's like it's like uh, uh, different states of mind are available. Like like the dream is forms. Uh, waking state is forms. And, uh, an actual deep sleep would be formless. So is there a consciousness that hasn't found something? Yes. What is that? Lonely. Keep coming. It just over here, it looks like there's three categories now where there's uh consciousness that has either found no form or form or one that hasn't found at all and okay let's do away with that one. Is that better yeah see what we're see what we're talking you can't talk about that you, you mean you can do it but you know I, when i'm gonna run into people like you that are smarter than i am then i have to pull out my secret weapon which is what? What is it? What is it? What is what's Sokazan's secret weapon? <laughs> Do you stop playing the game we're playing? I don't know anything. I don't function out of knowledge. If I function out of knowledge, I'm such a self-centered uh, person. The way this started out in this lifetime, so extremely narcissistic and self-centered, so uh, fascinated by my beingness. And, and thought it was real. Thought, I thought I was real. And now I don't take a position. I know that I'm neither one, neither real nor unreal. I don't, I neither think nor do I not think. And it's not, a, I'm not um, trying to get your attention to say, look, look how great I'm doing. I'm saying you can, you can realize your true nature. Uh, that's, that's my function. That's why I'm still alive. Even though I'm old, that's why I'm still here. I know why I'm here. 
Yes. Earlier, you were talking about how what we think we are is going down, but what we actually are hasn't arisen. Um, and it seems like in practice, the things that can even show up have to be moving. So how can we know who we are if it hasn't arisen? Just watch what moves until nothing, until nothing happens. <laughs> it sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But it's it can be very painful because you're actually going to you're actually going to look at the very thing that is arising as me and my stuff, my feeling, my ideas, my opinions, my life, my fear of this, and my hope for that, hope and fear, hope and fear. And common society uh, never puts together uh, war and peace. They think that peace is actually something that you can do, but you start to go after peace, you're creating war. I'm always open for questions. If you start to go go for hope, which the whole world is doing, I'm not going to stop anybody. People are where they're at, but it's it's uh, from the point of view of evaluation, it's very, very primitive level of consciousness for human beings. There are many human beings, and they're out there, who have transcended hope and fear. Dick Gregory was one of them. He was a uh, black comedian. Is he still alive? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Have you found out who you are? Yes. Not separate. Uh, not, uh, everywhere I look, I see myself. Good question. And I don't see this old man. The old man, this is this is just incidental. This aspect uh, functions here to talk with to a dozen people about their nature of their mind. Yeah, I, I know. I have no doubts about what I am, who I am. And you, could, if you want that, I can help you. If you don't want it, maybe do something else. I think you're going to be ordained as a monk pretty, pretty soon, so you better think about it twice. You might want to hand your robe back. You already have I have your robe. Onyo <laughs> uh, has your robe. We could probably get it from her. We could get it from her and burn it. Occasionally people do that. They just don't like this anymore. They just take all the evidence that they were trying to do this and they just burn it. Haven't you ever seen those big piles of Zafus around meditation centers <laughs> where people think, I think I got on the wrong path. This is hard. My apologies to anyone who's burn theirs off of because I don't think it's incorrect. It just may be, yeah, I can't really do this, so I need to get this out of the way. It might karmically, it might be totally correct for you to do that. Correct and incorrect is always extra. Don't meddle with anybody's path. Especially your children. If your children need to go a certain way, don't make it harder for them by arguing with them about it. Amateur child counselor. <laughs> go ahead. A question from Shane. Shane. How can attachment show up without a clear form of something attached to? For example, waking up from a dream with a sense of longing for something that's manifested and gone away. Yeah, it's attachment to that. To, that's the form. The object, uh, instead of the, the thing, the object becomes the emotion itself. So... If you look at it closely, it shows you how illusory the objects are in terms of an experience or a, or a relationship. They're illusory. They're they're just part of the mind, and the, and the thought process will will um, deconstruct that in such a way that it looks like you don't know what you're unhappy about. You're not quite sure what you're longing for. It's a very uh, uh, 
peculiar situation. And the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the consciousness itself is astonishingly able to find the form that it needs based on what is happening there. And if it's passion, aggression, and ignorance, then it's going to make war and it's going to kill people, including itself. And, uh, and they're, depending on who you are and what the causes and conditions are with your situation, you'll just deal with it the best you can. If you have no help, you might just have to succumb and, and put on a uniform and go march where, where two or three people or 15 people are telling thousands of people to go kill those people. So they, we do it with nationalism. I can speak about this because I, I, I'm a former Marine and also my father uh, was killed in World War II. Shot off the back of a tank when he was 26. He didn't want to go there. <laughs> I don't blame him. So I'm, I'm not saying that's relatively that that's wrong. We shouldn't have that. We probably need something like that. Probably need some kind of a military thing because the world is so nuts. And there's so many people that if they can figure out a way to, to uh, the consciousness finding the form thereafter, uh, which is power, control, raise that sword. Just read uh, read about the Peloponnesian Wars, which I bring up all the time, just because I think it's a, a good metaphor for our current time. There's walls, there's plagues, there's dictators, oligarchs, passion, aggression, ignorance, going on and on and on. And then to and then people who that we really admire and we really think are great and are world leaders that are kind are still using the metaphor of hope. We have to have hope. It's not that this is a bad person. It's just a, um, there, there could be a deeper understanding of that uh, because that energy that goes into hope, we don't realize that it's dissipating the very energy of presence, being present. Uh, less, uh, don't, don't, don't cave into entropy. Okay, man, I'm not saying it's not real, but as long as you are affiliated with this decaying situation and you think that you're going to die, then this is entropic, if I may use that word that way. Not wrong, it's just dependently arisen. What shows up is, go ahead, use that. How can I observe self-reference if that observation is already tainted by self-reference? Just, uh, just the fact that you can say that. Just, just continue. Don't, don't stop. Don't give up. It, it looks like you're uh, because you've come to that conclusion. It looks like you, you're standing still, but that's just a relative statement. So just continue. Don't stop. Uh, you will not be here if you if you awaken, which I think you probably will if you keep going. From what I know of you, uh, you won't know it. You won't have an experience. You might have experiences of clarity about the oneness of everything, all this other jubilation around uh, 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 psychedelic kind of experiences of oneness. Not interested. Not because I haven't had a few and gotten pretty excited about it. I'm just saying that um, that's interesting. But this is this is looking at reality in the form of your own confusion, your own misunderstanding about the nature of your mind, the nature of thoughts. Sit down, hold still, watch. It will not be sudden, suddenly some kind of a uh, whoop-de-doo. You'll just know, and you may know in bits and pieces. You may know immediately. It may you may, it may take you another 20, 30 years. You're a young guy. You got time. Do it anyway. 
And so the, just just the nature of your question tells me that yeah, it's like it's like you were telling me like I, maybe 10 minutes ago, I didn't know where you were at. But when you asked me that question, I, I can see it's like if I were to do it literally, you're actually on a path you're walking a path. And you're saying to someone who's standing next to you, which in this case is me, I only show up if you ask me a question. If you don't ask me a question. You can't find me. And if you try to have a conversation with with me, you'll be very uncomfortable. Unless you want to talk about food. <laughs> so I'm seeing you in a particular chuck hole and you're asking about that. And I'm saying, yep, that's yep, this is the path. That's how that's how your path looks. Another person may not may have something else, maybe something about how cold it is or how hot it is or how prickly it is or or how they feel really bummed out with no purpose. I say, and I, some, I've said this, I don't say it so much anymore because I don't know how helpful it is, but I used to say in years past, how do you think I feel? How do you think I feel? I'm not trying to get sympathy. I'm just saying, this is how this feels, how you're feeling, the depression that you're trying to get, get away from. You are because you are not separate from anything. Fight with nothing. Give up the war. Give up the peace. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. When I say give it up, don't give up anything. Don't let go. Watch how you hang on, because if I say, if I say that, you'll notice your your internal claws clinging to some kind of pile of garbage you call your beliefs or your ideas or your conclusions or or how you feel. Those feelings are unreal. That doesn't mean they don't hurt. Just like uh, the image I often use is a um, a scary movie. You know, it's. It's a good example because if it's if especially if it's really really scary, you know, go sometime and just uh, get some popcorn, get a um, no, don't drink that. Let's see, get a glass of water. <laughs> no, nah, that's not good with popcorn. Get something else and sit down, make yourself comfortable, and watch The Shining. <laughs> and all through the through The Shining, when you get to the the really uh, parts that you think are are the you know you're scary just kind of chuckle a little bit <laughs> when the guy gets the axe in the chest when you know that's coming but you don't know you know it's a movie this is this 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 uh tells you this is why there is such a thing as those kinds of arts those arts like a little while ago there's some and the, one of the things they were saying uh, that was uh, philip gustin um, <laughs> it's, uh, such a our society is a uh, has difficulty with anything that's beyond a very limited thinking process or understanding or appreciation or sophistication. They're trying to stop uh, Philip Guston's paintings of hooded figures, which he was working out his own racism with himself, uh, with what is showing up in his society back in the in the late sixties, early seventies, and painting pictures of these little kind of cartoon-like people uh, pictures driving around. And uh, I can't remember what the whole story is. Maybe uh, you would remember. Maybe Kevin probably knows, but. But but uh, uh, it's just that he you know it's taking art and, and turning that into some kind. Of, well, we can't show that anymore because that might offend somebody. It's just such a simple-minded approach to it. Like you can't. That would be like saying you can't write about murder because murder is bad. Yep, it is. Unless unless the state is behind it or uh, other insane authorities. So uh, we came late, so I'm ready. I'm willing to talk a little bit more if we have more questions or we can uh, back it up. Is that 
question from Tanya. Tanya, where is Tanya? Back in Kalamazoo. Maybe back in Kalamazoo? Oh, it's about time. Got back. Go ahead. How can treating things equally and hierarchy function in Thanksgiving? How can treating things equally and hierarchically and Thanksgiving? You know, it would have been easier. I would have been able to understand it more clearly if you'd said it in Spanish. And I don't speak Spanish, but I know you do. Let's see. Anybody have an idea where she's headed? We don't have to deconstruct everything, but is it is it about having difficulty with family and Thanksgiving and with the whole COVID thing? Or I'm not sure. Let's give her another crack at it there if, she, if she's there. We'll go on to somebody else if there's another question. And come back to her. Maria Bank. <clears throat> go ahead, Maria. Is this the wisdom which is looking for its own form through the consciousness? Bank. Yes. But, but it, it doesn't find anything. It find, But what it does find is uh, empty of anything else. So therefore, it starts out as emptiness. And this is what uh, gave the arhats uh, heart attacks. As a, and as a, we don't know if that happened or not, but it's a way of saying this is a, what is going to happen is a very powerful teaching. And so uh, people who thought they understood the nature, uh, these uh, Pratyaka Buddhas or, or, or Shravakas or whatever stage or they were in when they heard this teaching, they started having heart attacks. Is that how that goes? Uh, the heart, the heart sutra is even called the heart attack sutra. By the, who wrote the book on that? Uh, there's a, an interpretation. I, whoops, I've read it and it's uh, it's okay, but I think it's just better you better off just reading the sutra rather than somebody's interpretation of the sutra. Thank you. If self-reference doesn't go anywhere and there's awakening, how? Is there no knowledge of awakening? Uh, there, there's there's knowledge of awakening, but there's no one who knows it. So that's why it's that's why it just it doesn't really work to to realize you're awakened. It just doesn't work. It doesn't because uh, it it just doesn't it doesn't have that kind of elaboration. Like oh, I now I I I took a bath and I know that I know that it doesn't have a relative. Uh, doesn't show up relatively other than you may notice or other people may notice that you're uh, you may be different in some ways and other ways you may be uh, the same. You, you do notice there's nothing left to do with anything. So, but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, abandon what is showing up as nothing left to do as some kind of conclusion for someone who thinks they don't have anything to do because you still keep doing all kinds of things, but there's no, there's no motivation around it unless it ha uh, is tied in with uh, what we call the vow to be with all things, the vow to save all beings. And so this may happen naturally without the form, without the actual vow. It could people would just might just see that everywhere they look, they see aspects of themselves called other beings that are suffering that need help, that need, need to be helped either actual physically or protected from harm, protected from fear. 
take care of people, take care of everyone. This is why when, when people try to do this with a form, like socialism or, or other kinds of isms, uh, people freak out because they, they don't want you to do that. They want to control everything. They don't want everybody to have some kind of a equal opportunity, as it says. Something's written somewhere else outside. Tanya rephrased, she asks, how to treat the turkey tradition, meeting people where they are, abandoning vain discussions. Just receive. Listen to people. You don't you don't have to abandon vain discussions. But but you don't necessarily have to fuel them by uh, what? Objecting to them or agreeing with them. So if someone comes uh just going to kind of create the paint the scene myself here. Someone, a uh, family gets together for Thanksgiving. You, you may have uh, people that are wearing masks or, or conscious of the COVID situation. You may not. I, I don't know. Can't speak to that. That would be up to the situation. But um, just just receive. Usually, anytime that what you're called referring to is uh, vain discussions or because people are suffering. And they, they don't, if they don't fill up the space with their ideas and their conclusions and their opinions and their judgments and their evaluations of you or of others or of themselves, uh, then, then they, then they have to start look, looking at, uh, the three marks of existence, uh, in their, in their, on a heart level, impermanence, nothing lasts, tragic situation, the point of view of ego, uh, everything is uh, suffering or a discontent or feeling bad or just depressed. That's the, the kind that doesn't have an object so much in it, just the feeling of, of hopelessness, helplessness. And then, of course, the last one, which is the one that is so difficult to see, is uh, everything was, is without a self, without, a, without a, a separate situation, a person, a being, any person. There's no person. There are no objects. It's an astonishing thing to realize. And it's, uh, when, you, when you see it, it is not only astonishing, it's obvious. When you, when we when we stop projecting onto things and begin to do what, in other words, stop uh, uh, uploading everything, uh, stop uh, uh, upsizing everything, and start downsizing. We do that by watching the way we keep adding and adding and adding. It's a it's a knee jerk almost uh, kind of reaction. We have to might have to watch that, and it's quite embarrassing to the ego mind uh, if you're listening to someone. Um, being, uh, as you were saying, vain or uh, talking to you and chattering to you about useless stuff. Uh, for you, uh, not just uh, for you, Tanya, but for anyone who just makes a little bit of sense to it, it's a Dharma gate for you. Be there, receive receive their suffering in the form of their gossip. Receive it, listen. You could even encourage it a little bit, like body language. How, how does that feel? What is that like? Are you doing anything about that? That sounds terrible. Or and they might come back and say, well, you know, I'm not doing anything. You know, I can't do anything about it. They draw you into their, into their, um, <laughs> their warfare with themselves and try to get you to, you know, be their enemy or something. So there's some kind of tension that they don't have to be responsible for. They'll start to blame you. And you don't have to take the blame, but you also don't have to fight with it. You could just, if something, if that does happen, it sounds like they're trying to draw you into it. You could be somewhat generic about it and say, well, it just sounds like a difficult situation. I, say that. In other words, you could pacify it a little bit, not pacify it so much that you, you pacify too much. Then it's like a, a padding hand. It'll be okay. Don't do that to anybody. 
Keep your hands off from people. It's really hard, though, isn't it? Not to hug people or try to comfort them in the, it'll be okay. Don't do that to anybody. Unless you have to, and then whack away. Difficult situation, especially Thanksgiving coming up is, I don't know about you guys, but we're just going to have some turkey. It's hard to eat it through a mask. Stupid humor. I apologize for that. Any further questions about anything at all? Yeah, go ahead. Question from Adriana. Yes. Are wisdom and awareness different? Yes. Yeah. Awareness is is uh, is something that uh, in the consciousness that you uh, you could say that you are in terms of your relative situation. You're you're aware of the plants, you're aware of the table, you're aware of others, and then we add on things to it. But uh, wisdom, awareness would be aware of, uh, of the dependent origination, it'd be aware of things coming and going, and aware of the, of the, of the way people are suffering, and aware of our own suffering. So, but we're aware we're no longer at war. So it's a, it's a sense of, of being aware of that. That's the path quality. The ground is suffering. The path is awareness. And the fruition is uh, uh, shows up in depending on the person shows up uh, initially as emptiness. Things are empty of our imputation about them. So there there is no otherness happening anymore. And no, there's no in this direction. There's no in that direction. So if there's any little particles of me, me, me hanging around, they're, they're going to be pretty upset. And then, but wisdom, uh, it doesn't say anything about wisdom, unless uh, unless. Uh, uh, it shows up in such a way that there's some kind of polarity that we call, in our situation, we call the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, or the teaching, the teacher, the teaching, and uh, the students or their community. And the teacher is just, just a member of the Sangha. Chokobang. When we're interacting with somebody, how important is it to hear or understand the content of what they're saying? It's not important to understand the content from your point of view. Just listen. Just receive. Just receive. Because if you try to understand it, then you then what happens is you just, what's actually coming to you as their words, their language, their expression, their body position, their gesture, the tone of their voice going up and down, all the other things that could be called communication, including what the environment is saying to you at the same time. If there's birds outside the window, a candle flame flickering over here, receive, 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 and the ego mind will start to get, if the ego mind is uh, uncomfortable, if you're listening to somebody and it's very uncomfortable for you to receive without adding on or joining or responding in the way that you, that you think you should to, or they think that you should, it's difficult to do, but you don't have to understand it. That's why I say about the book studies that we uh, we do that I encourage everybody. I say I say you have to, if you're a student of mine, you have to attend the book study, at least one, once a year. Have to you know you should attend a lot of them because it is about sangha, and it's about the dharma, and it is about the teacher. But it's not about understanding. Understanding is a misunderstanding about understanding. 
understanding, what happens with understanding is then you have some people that seem to understand more because they're locked into what shows up as understanding, which are concepts. And there's a lot of, that's why some Dharma teachings show up more like university teachings rather than uh, pointing at the fundamental nature of reality. But you need to do both. You need to do a little, you need to study the concepts. You need to hang with the Sangha and be around other people who are working with the same material coming from their own past, their own karma, their own life, and maybe well-equipped conceptually. Uh, but some people are re- aren't so well-equipped conceptually, but are extremely well-equipped equi- intuitively, a powerful intuition about what this is. And so, uh, as you've heard me say before, everywhere I look, I see the Buddha. Everyone's awake. You're you're already awake. You're just covering it up. Just some people are doing it with garbage can lids, and some people are doing it by climbing inside of buffaloes. You've heard of a buffalo rope? (laughs) Have I had a past life as a Comanche? I'm making up silly images, but it's like it's very, very complicated that way. And that's why I say, if you think of me as your teacher, even for the next few minutes, study, study with it, with Sangha. Don't you study on your own too, but make sure you, you interact with others. This is something I missed, uh, but I didn't miss doing it. I did it because that's what I did, but I missed how important it was. It's so important to talk with other people about, about their mind, about how they're working with their mind and how the the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, and the Chain of Existence, and how that shows up for them. It is not important for you as a Sangha member, your Dharma brothers and sisters, to teach them anything. Now, if somebody asks you, what, what is this or what is that? Sure, you can respond, of course. Don't teach people. As I've said 25 times. Don't teach unless you have to. I didn't. And I... What I'm doing now is if you call this teaching, then I have to do this. But it's still relative. You don't, if I come on here, come in here, and nobody's in the Zendo, and, and all the Zoom has died, and I try to blame it on Zoom. It must be technology. It can't be my wonderful personality. If you want this, I'll help you. If you don't, there's lots of things you can do with your time. One final thing, Michael Stoltz just sent us a message saying, for Soka Koji, there are no photons, there is only illumination. You rascal. Should we dedicate the mirror? Let's dedicate the mirror. Hey, the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions of the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita.
O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and kill them. 